What we do, uh, welcome Brittany Hewn, uh, who is home from Asheville. And so Brittany, we look forward to hearing about your service. Thank you all for having me. Uh, first, just a reading from Micah, chapter six, verse eight. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Those six words have followed me around for the duration of my year as a young adult volunteer. For those of you that may not know, my name is Brittany Hewn, and in August of 2018, I started my journey as a young adult volunteer in Asheville, North Carolina. I started out at Stony Point, New York, where I had a week-long orientation with all of my fellow volunteers. We did small group discussions led by YAV alums. We helped, they helped us understand what we were getting into and the do's and don'ts of volunteerism. We learned about racial, racial injustice from a crossroads training and did a week-long Bible study. As you can see, that's all like 50 of us. The YAV program has five core tenets that they challenge us to live by during that year. They are intentional Christian community, simple living, cross-cultural mission, leadership development through faith and action, and vocational discernment. I'll only speak about a few of them today. After a week of orientation, we were all shipped off to our cities around the world, from Los Angeles, California, to Zambia. When we had, there we had a week-long orientation. This is where I first got to know Asheville and all of its people. We toured each other's work sites, and we got to see firsthand what each of us would be doing throughout the year. I wish I could say it was smooth sailing, but I would just frankly be lying. Living with five other women, all aged 22 to 25, with various backgrounds and from all over the country, is a tall order. But I wouldn't trade my time with them for anything. We did a lot, of, a lot of bonding together. We went on retreats with our site coordinator, and all of that helped us get through our individual placements. I think one of the hardest parts of my year was my living and working arrangement at a place called Brooks Howell Home. Brooks Howell Home is a Methodist women's retirement community. It was originally created for Methodist missionaries that would go out and spend the duration of their life serving God in various ways, but didn't have anywhere to return to because they were either unmarried or their family had already passed or what other, uh, what other various reasons that may have been. So they all came back to these facilities all throughout America, and the one in Asheville is now the only one left. Our job there was to run activities with the health residents, and we lived amongst the independent residents. I never could quite connect with the residents, but I always tried my best. Some of my roommates were better at it, some of us were not quite. But we always learned a lot from their stories that they would tell us and about everything that they have seen throughout the world. One of my um, favorite parts of living there was um, we did a couple of um, little events with them and so 
as you can see from my slide, there were times when it caused us to get dressed up into costumes and act like fools to make them smile and have a good time. Um, one was a sock hop that we did, and then one was um, a big Willy Wonka event, and my roommate, Katie, decided we would all dress up, and we did. It was lovely. Um, one of the other um, core tenets of um, the program is simple living. So not only um, did I not have a car for my year and was charged to take the bus, um, I lived off of $275 every month. Um, more, about half, maybe a little more, would go towards groceries for the group and for myself. Um, and then some would go for my bus pass, and then there's a little bit left over, you know, for fun stuff around the city. Um, but it really did challenge us to live more like the communities we were serving, um, and it did bring us closer. I would often ride the bus to work with half of my clientele. It was lovely. We had some chats on the bus, and it was, it was always nice to see them outside of that place. Um, so the other, one of the other tenets, cross-cultural mission, I think is quite, quite obvious. Um, the whole point of the program and sending us out to live on the margins is to blur the lines and get out of our comfort zones a little bit. Um, so by helping those who are not like us, it teaches us what it means to love and accept people no matter what. Um, one of the biggest places I saw this was my daily work placement. Um, I worked at a place called the A-Hope Day Center. Um, it's located pretty much in the heart of downtown Asheville. Um, here, my main job was to support the staff at the front desk, which would mean handing out toiletries, giving uh, resources, and just talking to people, um, handing out mail and doing all that good stuff, making a lot of coffee, which I don't drink, so I hope it was good. I don't really know. Um, and then one of the other things I did was twice an hour, I would bring clients down to the basement where we had temporary storage. Um, storage is a big thing when you're living on the streets because People steal your stuff left and right, morning and night. Um, so we allowed people to have containers of some storage, and um, it was a staff's job to go down and open the room up and sit there for a little bit while everyone's down there. It was down in that room where I had some of the best conversations of my year. I would talk to clients about what they were going through, the struggles that they were facing, and just how they got here. Um, most of those people, have very strong feelings about um, everything, the government, society, um, and we're just grateful to have someone to listen. Um, I knew it wasn't my job to uh, impose my feelings, so I sat there, listened, and I even had some, a client come up to me one day at the bus and said, thank you so much for being my therapist and just listening to everything I have to say. Um, and one of the other, um, things that I found amazing is, excuse me, um, there was one client at the center who I believe is probably the biggest believer I have ever seen in my life. She lives on the streets of Asheville, has for many, many years, has been in horrific accidents, has gone through the ringer and back. Every day, she would come into the center, and I would say, how are you doing today? And she goes, abiding in the love of the Lord. 
She would have prayer circles for other clients. Every once in a while, staff would join in. I've heard her saying the Lord's Prayer over her laundry and just never, never giving up on her faith. I think she believes, lives out Micah 6-8 better than anyone I've ever heard in my life. Um, and then I also had some pretty cool um, coworkers that made the stressful environment of the day center so much better to be around. Um, we all went out, with San went out to take pictures with Santa for our Christmas retreat, um, and we just have a good time together, and it kind of helps to like forget about all the hard stuff that we're seeing day in and day out. Um, Asheville will always be a big part of my journey as I move forward. Um, that is mostly due to the people I've met, whether it's through my program or through the day center. Um, one of those people was my site coordinator. She um, was a huge mentor for me this year and showed me a lot about how, um, how I can live in this world as a beautiful and beloved child of God and do, do justice my own way. Um, I will never be the sort of picket fence protesting type, but she always told me that there are plenty of ways that God needs our help. Um, the Young Adult Volunteer Program, our motto is a year of service for a lifetime of change. My worldview has simply changed dramatically, and I now see th things through a different lens. It was a dirty, challenging, stressful year, but man, was it worth it. Um, I would, I'm going to close with a story, but before I do that, I would just like to say thank you to all of those who supported me during my year, whether it be prayerfully, financially, however it happened, I would not have done it, gotten through it without the support of everyone here. All right, my story is called The Wilderness Within. Just before Christmas last year, we finished reading and discussing a book called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. In it, Professor Brown writes about belonging, how our world has divided, and embracing the bleak moments in life. I don't think I've ever connected to a book quite like I did this one. I have often struggled to find where I belong in this world, and this book showed me that I'm not the only one. It is an inherent human need to, be, to felt, feel belonging by someone or through something, and yet it is one of the hardest things to figure out, or at least it has been for me. In one of the chapters, Brown shed some light on the ills of the world and the divide that has occurred. To give you some background, this book was written just after the last election, so it can be a bit political times. However, she presents it, presents it in a benign way, something that I really do appreciate. She describes the dividing of society as factions. Now, I don't know about you, but in my mind, I jumped right to the book Divergent by Veronica Roth, which Brown actually does reference in her book. They the, in Divergent, factions are a group that you are born into. They depict what kind of life you lead and what kind of job you'll hold. These factions all work in a way that keeps society moving forward in relative peace while maintaining the divisions between its people. In my opinion, I believe that Brown uses factions to describe the hard divide that keeps us all separate from each other 
but also connected. She doesn't want our society to be as divided as the fictional one depicted by Veronica Roth. There is one concept that Professor Brown writes that has really struck a chord with me. She writes about this bluegrass style of singing called the high lonesome. The high lonesome, as she describes it, is a holler of sorts that comes through the music and sort of hangs over the mandolins and the banjos. It really emphasizes this feeling of long loneliness or longing that is often found in bluegrass music. Brown says that this high lonesome has even surpassed being something only in music. In chapter two, Brown writes, the world feels high lonesome and heartbroken right now. This got me thinking about what I do and the world around me. Through this new lens, I could feel the high lonesome in the city of Asheville and in the country. As I decorated for Christmas and watched as Christmas came alive in Asheville, I could sense that high lonesome hanging in the air. I caught a minor glimpse of what it must be like to be in a constant state of uncertainty, despair, and fear. A state of high loneliness in the middle of the wilderness. As someone who struggles with belonging and finding her place in this world, Brene Brown writes exactly what I needed to hear. She to told me that it all, that, sorry, as an introvert, I would rather watch things happen all around me because that is what feels safe and comfortable. If you never put yourself out there, you can't never get hurt, right? If I've come to any sort of realization, it is that I am stuck in the, in the middle of the wilderness with no clear signing po pointing out. My journey is now to find that way out and find myself along the way. I wonder what it would be like if you all thought about belonging and what it means to you. How many of you would find yourself in the wilderness walking alongside me? Would you hear that cry of the high lonesome as well? Thank you. <laughs>